Hey guys, welcome in. Thanks for joining us for episode seven of Whiskey Flicks. Today, my brothers and I will be discussing Interstellar while sipping on some Basil Hayden. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cheers. Glasses in hand. Taylor, to you for some Basil Hayden. So Basil Hayden bourbon. Uh, right up front on the nose, a lot of fruity spice with a touch of smoke for me. Um, then to the palate. Um, I do get some sweeter cinnamon notes, um, and it kind of uh, mellows out with a soft round finish with a touch of spice. Um, uh, big fan of this bourbon. Uh, this one is, is a real easy sipper. Love it straight. Uh, yeah, I think, it, uh, I think it hits a lot of the marks for me. I can agree with that. For... Um... For me, when I, I tasted it today before we got started and the initial sip, I was just like, oh, no, because this is super smooth, mm -hmm. really easy to drink. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I just felt like this is going to get away from me really quick yeah. in this episode for sure. Um, I haven't had Basil Hayden in a while, actually, and I'm, I'm wondering why, because it is really, really good. Uh, definite sipper. Um, for me, a good food, whiskey, bourbon. Um has a lot of that that dark fruit going on, uh, the plums. Um, Taylor, like you were speaking about, the cinnamon and and a lot of that spice note going on to it. So I I just this is perfect for me. I could do this almost every day. Um, this is a pretty high rye bill, uh, twenty seven percent. I looked this up, so we have sixty three percent corn, twenty seven percent rye, ten percent malted barley. And the oh. rye definitely comes through. I was going to say that spice makes sense when you when you mention the percentages. Definitely. So for me, uh, amazingly good. I am a, a big fan of Basil Hayden. P, what do you think? Agree with both of you. I really like it. Um, I tasted and smelled all the things you guys said. I, <laughs> I didn't at all. Not even close. Um, no, I mean, I get I get the spice. I get that. I can. That's fun. Um, everything else, all that stuff. No. Uh, <laughs> the smell is nice. It's not. It's not uh, overpowering to me. Um, and I like it. It lets you know, like, okay, here's here's a whiskey. Like, you know, it does what it's supposed to do on the nose, but it's not overpowering. And for me, big thing with anything like this is just smoothness. And this is really good. I mean, it's, it's super smooth. It, it, it really is. It's super. Yeah, to smooth. comment on that, yeah, for my first tasting of it, because this is the first time I've actually had Basil Hayden's ever. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing as you, Mike. I, I couldn't believe how incredibly easy it was to drink, um, yep. but still with a nice kind of medium, almost full body. It's definitely not light. Um, right. Not not near as night as as light as the Suntory Toki. Uh, and I think same as the Woodford Reserve, which we saw on their site, they said it was a full chewy whiskey, which I never got from it. I always thought it was a little thin, a little light for what I was hoping for. The Basil Hayden's has a really nice body to it and really mellows out and finishes nice and smooth. And, and it's it's pretty darn tasty. Agreed. That was a, a really good comparison. I was thinking the same thing. I wanted to bring that up. The Suntory didn't have a big burn like you could mm -hmm. drink that whole bottle very simply oh, yeah. mm -hmm. but this when you taste this initially taylor like you said to more to your point it just it gives you so much before it finishes smooth 
right. that you would expect when you taste it, you're like, this may burn a little bit. And then mm -hmm. that first sip, you're like, oh, wow. And that's exactly why I was right. like, the first time I tried it, I was like, trouble. This is definitely yeah. trouble. <laughs> yeah, this no is, doubt. yeah. And I it's, do like, yeah, it's not like over the top in terms of um, uh, the, the chewiness or like the thick, like, I don't know mm -hmm. how you describe it, whatever. It's not like, whoa, like completely coating your palate and like no. over the place. But it's enough that like the, it lingers longer, like after you take a sip. I guess, yep. um, and you can kind of like feel feel the goodness of the whiskey yeah. for like a while, like <laughs> in in your mouth, in the throat. Like I take a sip, it's nice. It's Absolutely, sour. you. It's, I mean, that was that's the perfect description of body and finish. Because um, I find this interesting because whiskey and food is something that I don't know a ton about. Whiskey pairings with food, um, not to put you on the spot, but what would what? you pair? with this with basil yeah. hayden's not right, so, but uh you know <laughs> simple always simple is going to be grilled meats right right that's super easy this is always going to bring out any caramelization in a grilled meat you're going to get twofold when you drink a whiskey or a bourbon that's easy mm -hmm. but for me because of all the things we've talked about think about cinnamon plums mm -hmm. you think about charred oak barrels which all automatically give off vanilla where are we going mm -hmm. dessert Dessert. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, once you sort of rattled those off, I was thinking like apple pie. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And yeah, that makes total sense. The crust, the caramelization on the crust with the sugar, mm -hmm. the apples, the cinnamon, all that stuff, the butter, all of that comes out. Butter and whiskey, I mean, that makes sense. No brain. So if no I just start eating sticks of butter with whiskey, is that too far? Just. <laughs> now that'd be great for the podcast. That'd be really is great for the just podcast. Eating sticks of butter. <laughs> it's unsalted butter. It's unsalted butter. PJ, how do you feel about oh, the bottle? Yes, yes, of course. So, thank you. I keep forgetting. It's my favorite thing. So, I got the little guy. Okay. Um, oh, sweet! You got a pint of it. That's cool. That's cute. Isn't that awesome? That is pretty cool. Um, bottle. I love the shape of the bottle. Is cool. Bottles like that just scream whiskey burr like right sometimes i mean not it doesn't have to look like that but it just feels like it's like a burger thing i like it um the label the paper and that thing around it i don't know what the hell that is um yeah it's cool though and i like the paper like the font i like that the paper looks like it's kind of supposed to be I want to say like aged. Like yep. when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, the Goonies map." It's not like that aged. Right. Yeah, I got you. Like it, I felt like something like that. Um, so overall, it's one of my, it's one, it's one of my personal favorites that we've come across. Although I want to ask you guys, does it have the shelf difficulty with the height? Can you put it in a shelf, or is the big bottle too high? That's a Taylor thing. Yeah. See, no, this one is actually perfect. See, because the Eagle Rare comes in, because that's the one I'm going to base it off of. Ever since I had to lay that thing down, I'm just really not a huge fan. <laughs> just but, but no, this one's, this like one's a the loop. perfect fit. And yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said there, PJ. I think it's really cool. I like the little copper band yeah. around it with the basil hated. Again, it's like the same thing with the Suntory. Just making it, making the packaging look like it costs more than it actually does is is kind of cool for me. So when you can get like a, a $30 to $40 bottle of whiskey that looks like a 50 to 60 dollar bottle of whiskey I, I can get on board for that that's cool 
think basically it does that pretty well. Yeah, I can agree with all of that. I like the way it looks too, the little belt, like you guys are talking about right. with the Basil Hayden on it. The paper's cool. Nice <clears throat> it reminds me of the, <laughs> when I saw it and touched it the first time, I got a copy of the Constitution from my eighth grade trip, and it reminds me of what that was written on. Well, it's kind of yeah, cool uh, because, right, it has the George, it, you know, it, was, it started to be distilled back in the 1700s, which I yeah. always love that kind of stuff, right? That's that's always cool. Is so there? I think I think it all fits. Yeah, everything sort of goes together. The the look of the bottle, the distilling process is all kind of fun. It's very cool. And Mike, I, I take like my back. The Constitution thing is more accurate for the paper over the right. uh, Goonies thing. Right. Answer to yours. That's perfect. That's so That's true. What it reminds me of, yeah. And then we talk about too. That's spot on. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, the the one thing that obviously is going to help us both out is the cork. Are all of us out is the cork. Always helps. Cork yeah, always cork helps. sets it off. So mm -hmm. at least they gave now, us wait, something there. The, top. the actual top. Hold it. See, mine's different on the little guy. Mine's, mine is. See, that's that's mine. Oh, all right. It's a little different. It's yeah. Is yours? Is it a plastic? The top is yours yep. plastic. Yep. Yes. Uh, okay, I didn't work. care for that. I don't know why. I mean, uh, not that they're all. They're probably all plastic, but mine felt plasticky. Like I don't yeah, know. I I like that. I, you know, at first, I'll be honest with you guys. When I when I got the bottle in the house, I was going to say that I might not really like this one that much because I thought that they just like, it seems like they cheaped out on the bottle itself, and then, you know, gussied it up with the stuff on the side. But now that I, I'm looking at it and hold, like I like it a lot more as I'm talking about it and getting into it. Yeah. See, I was going to say the only reason I disagree with you is because I like what PJ said about it. Where when I see it, it does the bottle does kind of scream whiskey. Mm -hmm. I, like I, I definitely agree where it does kind of look a little lazy. Like something that we would all do. Like we right. would make whiskey and then put it in this bottle. That's fair. Right. fair. But also for some reason it just everything kind of works with it. It does. I don't know. No, you're right. It looks it looks more. I think <laughs> it looks more like it's something that we would do. All right, Taylor, I'm gonna throw it to you. Let's review some Basil Hayden. Sure. Uh, so. Initially, I thought, given the name brand and everything else, just knowing how popular it was, I thought that I wasn't going to be a huge fan of this bourbon. Um, I kind of went in thinking, like, I'm going to sit right around a three-star at the highest. However, I think since tasting it, it definitely over-delivered for me. Um, it definitely doesn't hit that five-star for me yet. But we're, we're certainly getting closer, especially for that $30 to $40 range. I think I'm going to give it a, an easy, uh, an easy soft four. Um, not blown away by it, but I think it deserves the respect. I think, uh, to touch on what you said, Mike, um, all I want to do is have some sort of uh, sweeter food with it. Um, I just want to explore more with this bourbon. It's going to be something that I definitely pick up in the future. Um and for my first tasting of it, I mean, I there's really not too much that I can complain about with this bourbon. So a soft four, I think, is fair. Excellent, excellent. I'm going to take it next. I, um, I'm i going to piggyback right off of you. I, I'm going to agree. I'm going to give it a soft four. Um, I haven't had this in a really long time, and I'm glad that I got to try it again. My bourbon collection is definitely growing because of what we're doing right now. This is going to be in the house for sure. This may take the place of my everyday if I can possibly because it is super tasty, easy to drink. Um, 
food for sure if i could have it with food i would do that this is just kind of a universal bourbon for me i can do it whenever i can do it after work i can do it with dinner i can do it at 11 o'clock in the morning i can do it whenever i want to do it and uh it's going to satisfy to use your words man it over delivers for sure pj the body of it like you said there's something going on that lets you know that you're having a good bourbon but then the finish doesn't burn too much but it stays with you so you know you had something to drink it's just all in all a, a really good expression of a bourbon for me so soft four for me as well uh, I am right there but not quite I'm going to give it a hard three um, okay. I can't push it into the four it's really close it, it is it's, it's really good um, but it's just, it's not, it's just not there. Uh, it's, it's not to, to go back to the one we, we had. It's not noble Oak. I, I can't put it as a four there. I just can't. Um, but overall I loved it. I was surprised. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect, but I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it, as it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's smooth. It's tasty. Strong three. I definitely agree with you though, PJ, because I was I was right there. I was right on the fence of a strong three, soft four. It was it was right there for me. I just think the fact that I went in with with lower expectations, and then when I tasted, it, I was like, wow, this is this is really good. Um, is what got me to that soft four. It really just pushed it to the next level up. I think, um, but I can't disagree with you. Uh, I think it's right there. It's right on the cusp. Um, yeah, there's just uh, there's too many good things going on for for me to give it the hard three, which is why I pushed it to the soft four. All right, time for initial thoughts on Interstellar. My initial thought on this movie is Jesus, this is the most mentally exhausted I have ever been watching a movie. Stop. This thing had me from start to finish couldn't look away, just drained of any thought process, all emotion. It just took everything out of me. Um, it's It was gorgeous. The acting, I thought, was fantastic. Um, the story, to me, left a little to be desired, but just it was mentally draining for me. <clears throat> Taylor, what do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll go off of that. Um, initially, I disagree with the, with the story left a little bit to be desired. Um, I thought it kind of hit on all fronts from start to finish. Um, totally agree. It was mentally exhausting. It's not an easy sit-down watch. It's not Karate Kid. That's no. Um, no, this is three definitely hours. Not, no, definitely, definitely not Karate Kid. Um yeah, it's not an every, it's not a weekend kind of, you know, like, oh, let's just throw on Interstellar. It doesn't have that sort of vibe to it. You have to be ready to commit time to this movie. Because um, I think there's always going to be something that you're going to pick up that you couldn't have picked up the previous time you watched it. There's just so much there. Um, but initial thoughts, yeah, uh, I thought the story was cohesive. Um, it all came together. And I just thought it was so unique, so different. Uh, sort of merge so many different things of science fiction into one uh, that it, it, you know, and then the cast and, and everything else. Initially, I just, I, I'm on board. I 
totally on board. <clears throat> Jay. Um, yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> is my initial <laughs> initial thoughts. Uh, first time seeing it, there's a lot going on. So I pretty much, as a first view, just kind of let it let it go. I wasn't trying to catch stuff. I wasn't trying to because I just knew there'd be too much to try to just like comprehend and be watching it for like six hours. So I just watched it, took a couple scenes back just to like make sure I was okay, like on top of things. I liked it. I was not blown away by it, which I was surprised. Um, I might be mostly my fault for only seeing it once. I feel like this is a multiple watch movie um, to like what, like you said, Taylor, you said like lots to catch. Multi-watch movie, so I only saw it once. Didn't blow me away. Mostly my fault. A little Nolan's. I had to step your game up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> only kidding. Only kidding. Figure out what you're it's doing, very, buddy. It's very good. Wasn't, wasn't like, overwhelmed. Thought it was the greatest thing ever. Enjoyed it. It's my initial thoughts. Okay. Taylor, for you, this, this had to be a... A mess for your mind as far as time travel is concerned, huh? I, must have been yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I have notes. Uh, no, I, yeah, uh, to, again, like, uh, yeah, I kind of touched on it in my initial uh, spiel there. Uh, again, it, it kind of goes with seeing it multiple times, but like, there's just so many things to to try and digest in so short a time. I know it's a three hour movie, but things kind of happen so quickly. There's a lot going on, um, which is why I said I watched it twice. I kind of lied. I watched it once all the way through, and then I watched that last hour um, the second time because that last hour is just such, like, what the hell's going on? Um, yeah, I have no idea. I, I had so many questions, uh, like, on my notes, I just have question mark after question mark uh, because I don't understand how anything happens um, in this movie. Um, yeah, I watched it, like I said before we started, I watched it three times, and every time that I watched it, I liked it a little bit more. The problem is that I had to watch it three times. That's nine hours. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a lot. Not that it seems very, it seems very intense, like from start to finish. Like, it's just, here we go. Strap on, you know, we're going. And then the ending was kind of like, okay. You know, I was like, all right, that's it. And it just feels like after giving that much time and focusing that much, I expected more. What that was, I don't know, but it just didn't like. So yeah, now I've heard, I've heard both of you now say this, um, like a little bit more on your end of being with the you know something left to be desired i don't know where you're getting that from i feel like everything comes full circle i think that the ending is is very exciting i think that i think that the score of the movie i love i love the music to the movie i think as soon as you hear the music start up like i'm locked in um that agree more yeah, hans zimmer Amazing. That guy, I mean, his whole score crushed it. It was awesome. Yeah, because every time the music started, I was instantly drawn back in. Like, if I was starting to fade and being like, uh, you know, uh, kind of just like filling, filling story, filling story, and then the music would start, 
it was it, I, I was just instantly sucked back in um, and we can get to it later but and, and I definitely want to talk about it since it seems like you guys are going the opposite direction that I am I just thought that that whole end scene from the time that uh, man uh, or Matt Damon's character um, had his incident from that time on, I was just so locked in for that last hour of the movie that I don't I don't understand how you how there's anything left to be desired. To be honest with you guys, I, I, I here's the problem with this movie. I loved it like like I loved it from start. To, I think it was very. I think McConaughey was awesome. I I can see Michael Caine in anything, so I'm happy about I that. that and then right. John Lithgow shows up, so great. Fantastic! Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And Hathaway, Casey Affleck, like the cast was amazing. The Toe acting was for Grace. Yeah, yeah. I had I had two for Grace as being my random. I, I say two for Grace each time. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> 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 Here he is again to have a very disappointing role. <laughs> it was oh, it was good. Whatever, man. He got punched in the face. He looks soft. He has to pull out the tire iron with. Casey Affleck comes back. <laughs> First of all, anytime you're in a field of corn and a truck is riding up on you, you better have a tire iron. That's number one. That's all right. I'll okay. give it to you. I'll give it to you. Yeah, like, it was a good, it was a good role. Jeez. Giving no love to Topher Grace. Jeez, whatever. The visuals of the movie, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I got that. Like, visuals you, were I, stunning. You couldn't even tell. Like, I mean. The CGI looks seamless. It was just yeah, it really, did. really well done. Obviously, the direction was amazing. I mean, it's Chris Nolan. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, like everything about it was great. I like the movie to watch visually, watching the acting. There's just something that wasn't there something that was missing. I don't know. I won't I won't continue to fight you guys on on the what's missing because we can get into a, a deeper debate on it later. Um, just a couple of things to go off of what you just said, Mike. I loved, like you said, the visuals. I also really loved the space scenes when they get the shots from outside of the ship and it's just dead silence. Really cool. Definitely made a note of that. Um, there's a couple of scenes like the fight scene uh, between Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey, where they get the, the wide shot of it, and it's just silent, and you can't hear anything. I just like the way all those were shot. Um, that wave that Anne Hathaway had to get away from? Ridiculous. That scene was nuts. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know there were waves at first? I felt that they were waves in the background. When they first land, and they look off in the distance, and they look like mountains, I was like, those look weird. I didn't, I didn't know. notice that at all. I didn't notice that either, yeah. There's there's a yeah an early shot like when they land they get out they actually show the horizon and it looks it just looks like a very level like mountain I'm like what the hell is that what a terrifying <laughs> planet by the way right and uh, to that point what uh, how do they not know that she had only been there for a few minutes even though they knew that by going to that planet time was going to slow like yeah. ridiculously I and think then, and then all of a sudden think... we get down there she's like oh right she's only been here for like eight minutes. I think I think Brand knew. I think that she understood the time difference. I think that she was at that point explaining it to him. I know she was saying it in like a surprising fashion as if like she would probably just died minutes ago and then she got upset. I'm sure she realized that. But Matthew McConaughey, I think he tapped out at those those timed conversations. I'm pretty sure he was like, I just want to get down there and get back so I can see my daughter. 
He was like me when somebody talks too long. I'm like, I'm not listening anymore. I'm done. <laughs> you, this you, yeah. That, you lost me at you lost me at wormhole with a paper and a pen, and then there was a <laughs> circle. I don't. Where are we? <laughs> what are you talking about? That brings me Wait, back to why did you why did you unfold the paper? What what is happening? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, just to mention my first note, because I, I feel like, Mike, you just touched upon what I was going for. And maybe not. This was, this could be me. And I love Matthew <laughs> McConaughey. Yeah. But also, when he starts doing all the science vernacular, I just don't buy it. <laughs> I, just, like, I don't know. I want to believe it, as I really yeah. do. But he just starts spewing it off. I'm just like, this isn't your role. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, all right. It eventually, it eventually comes together, and I get it. It is his role. But in the beginning, where he's doing all like the space talk, I'm just like, nah. This is like me talking about space. It's exactly <laughs> how I felt. Matt McConaughey was talking about. I was like, he doesn't know what's going on. Up there. Do you guys know by chance what year this was supposed to be? Any clue? Twenty. Uh, this is only. So I will go back to my because I'm going to try to be fair with everything. Um, I totally blasted Extraction for not giving us a, a time frame. And this movie did the same thing. So Wikipedia told me it's supposed to be 2067. Okay. Which awesome. you can assume it's the future, I think, just based on technology. But, again, pinpointing a year is, is tough. But it, it said it's supposed to be 2067. The only reason why I, I assumed it was the future, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right? I knew that. So my this is why my question is where it is. Did they do the future justice? Like, was TARS the robot of the future? And is McConaughey still wearing wired headphones in the spaceship? <laughs> I didn't notice the wired headphones. Do I still have Samsung earbuds wired in 2067? Is that a thing? If it Probably. is, I don't want in. Probably not, but I think TARS does it justice. Yeah. You think so? I, like I think that it. level of artificial intelligence. I think yes, it does. All right. I like Tars. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Um, I was, and I, I don't know if this is where you're going with this, Mike, but I felt the physical Tars, like his, his what he was. I felt like in the future it would have been cooler if it was cooler looking, like a real robot, but. I like how they use Tar. Like, yes, the functionality of them like is super cool. Like throughout the movie, so I like Tars overall. I think it's, I mean, it's basically a human, you know, a learning computer like inside it. Sure. So it was cool. Yep. It was funny. Um, yeah, I was cool. The utilization was cool, but so twenty forty seven. Not really twenty sixty seven. Sorry, I'm sorry, but also I will. <laughs> I will say by the way, the wireless thing. Look, man, they're going thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles away, you need a battery pack. You're not doing everything wireless. I'm fine with the plugged-in headset. <laughs> and I will say, like, the 80s... The 80s I just don't believe... I. <laughs> Apple came out with a phone that didn't even have a plug for an ear, a, a, a headset. In 2067, they're going to have phones with headsets? You know what they did? They said, hey, Apple, mistake. We're going back. <laughs> Future said no. We want stuff. So, um, uh, what I think is probably the money scene when McConaughey is – so Damon's trying to take over the ship. He gets blown out, mm -hmm. and then they have to do that 360 move to actually lock in. Very cool. That shot right there. The only thing I wrote down was I'm happy Rome is dead 
Because if he was sick from the initial, right? Yeah, that would have killed, him anyway. That no killed him anyway. Yeah, no way. He that did, that scene was amazing, by the way. Um, so good. very cool. One of, one of my favorites. I mean, that's and that's what just started the whole ending for me. Yeah, yeah, visual of it was cool, but then also to think of like the G forces and like to actually have to like. I would have been passed out like half Absolutely. Like, in, in a sec. Well, that's why he says it, right? That's why he says it. If I, if I pass exactly. out, case, take the wheel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I I kind of expected him to. The fact it didn't was cool. I don't know if it's physically possible given the Gs they were probably pulling with that, which is nuts. It's also in space, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Anything like that, I'm just like, well, we're also in space. Added. <laughs> um, it's always the weirdest thing. Be like, if this goes wrong, there's nothing. Um, but when they first go into the wormhole, and Anne Hathaway's reaching out, and then obviously there's like the blurry sort of blob, and she reaches out and touches it, ends up being Matthew McConaughey, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in uh, the black hole. That scene, once it's revealed, so good. Yeah. So good. Also, with the wormhole, I guess in their case, astronauts had already been there before, but if Imagine, like, the first astronauts actually going through a wormhole. Like, you're just essentially waiting for just lights out. Right? I mean, sure, like, right. Sure. I mean, you're just going through a, this mysterious little thing, and, and honestly, the next thing is just done. Yeah, which is true. terrifying, which is why, I, like, I watched that yeah. scene, and obviously, we're an hour into a three-hour movie. They're going to make it through. But, like, the whole time, like, I just keep on thinking, like, yeah, this thing's going to disintegrate because that's what it should do. I have another example of that, which caught me more than the wormhole thing. Although the wormhole thing, the balls to go into one of those. Right, exactly. <laughs> Huge balls. Huge yeah. balls. Yeah. I mean, hey, I, would love, like. I would love to do it, but, like, I would have to be woken up, like, right before. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I would, it would be one of these, like, interview, be like, hey, you want to go through a wormhole? I'd be like, yes, but knock me out right now. Like, you got to I'll sign anything. But just wake me up right before, because I'm going to flip-flop <laughs> from now So, I want to do it, but I'm never going to get there, so, you know, just figure it out. The worst than going in the wormhole for me was when we finally meet Matt Damon, mm -hmm. and he explains his life. Like, he lands on the planet, and this is before we know he's, he's lying. He does all these things, his rations are running low. And he puts himself in a hibernation. I'll get into the hibernation thing uh, soon. And how crazy must that be? You're on a, f a totally alien planet. You've done everything you can. You Your resources are gone. You have no choice but to put yourself in a hibernation. How crazy is that to know that, like, this could be the last time, like, knowingly going to sleep for possibly the last time ever? Yeah, I totally agree. It gives me the willies because... Like, each scene that they do it, like, even when they're in the actual space station and they're all still there, I still don't think I would want to do it. Just, mm -hmm. like, what if, like, what if there was an accident, what if there was, you know, an explosion um, or something, and that's just it. Like, you're you're done. You go from literally lights out to more lights out. It, yeah. it makes it really creepy, and I, I that's just the whole feel I get from it. Um, that's fair. And the kind of, the way they do it, I don't like either. Um, okay, that was my, I had, I can take Like that. the water and then like the plastic seal over, I mean, like, does that not scream body bag? 
Yeah, no. But that, also a moist body bag? That yeah. sounds even worse somehow. Awful. I like <laughs> Alien. I like Alien, Aliens. I like their idea of hibernation sleep. You just go in a pod and they, you know, you drift off. Like, no. Yeah. Water, body bag. When I saw it, I was like, oh. No. <laughs> I was like, no way. I would panic immediately. Oh, immediately. Oh, yeah. It's one of my biggest fears is drowning, too. I couldn't deal with that at yeah, all. Yeah, no. Imagine drowning in space. <laughs> You're buried alive drowning in space. When you get back from his, you know, from their first stint um, <clears throat> on the first planet and you start to play back his son's uh, videos and it's Casey Affleck, instantly I'm just like, boom, Casey Affleck is awesome. Yeah, he's you know? amazing. Have, I was, I think I was at least equally shocked, if not more shocked seeing him than I was when I saw Damon because I had no idea Damon was in the movie and I again I haven't seen like, and I somehow managed to do this like movies I don't see I don't hear anything about like I had no idea I mean the movie's been out for a while now no idea Damon was in the movie <laughs> no clue and no impressive. clue Affleck so when I saw both of them I was shocked and seeing Affleck was a nice it was nice an yeah. unexpected like oh that's cool how would you feel being Casey Affleck and uh, in his character and knowing that your dad cares nothing about you but everything about your your sister? <laughs> yeah, like, there was tough. nothing at the end. Like he wasn't even in the hospital room. <laughs> like there was. Yeah. Oh, but he was dead, obviously, because it was like 175 right. years later. But yeah. Well, no. Uh, but see, no, I, I I found real quick. I didn't like that because he's not much older older than his sister in right. theory. Right. But they don't even mention, like, I don't like that they don't mention him. They might even say, like, they don't, like, they don't even say if he died or not, right? Nope. Like, they don't mention him at all. They give him nothing. His nothing. family's definitely yeah, a hole in the I didn't care for it. It would have been nice if they could have fit in a conversation real quick between daughter, father, yeah. about son. Yeah. And it didn't have to be that dramatic. Like, it could have been a voiceover, but, like, they don't mention him at all. And his character is also left way up in the air because... She comes down from figuring it out, hugs him, and that's the last time you see him. Yeah. That's it. I think he should have popped her in the chops, honestly. I thought it's like a lot of times where I thought he was going to. It really seems like I'm like, is she really gonna hug him right now? That doesn't I, seem like the smart I, thing I to do. By the hug too. I was like, what's going on? He didn't look like he was happy about it. He nope. didn't care about it. He's like, thing. fuck this. The no. way they leave his character for me is a is a a big So then the whole point of the story, then if we're breaking it down to its you know, most minute detail is it's not about love. It's about a father and daughter. And love. daughter. I mean, if you really want well, to break, yeah, I would say, see, yeah. and I just see, or, or at least because it was about love. Taylor, obviously he loved his son. He's right. the last person he, he saw. He loved his family. He loved Maybe his family. The biggest connection, the, your most powerful connection of love, if you will, brings you where you need to be. So like, obviously the, the father-daughter connection was the supreme connection that brought him whatever brought him back to this time right. this net just like the extreme connection between right. brand and edmonds edmonds yeah that extreme connection of like loving someone to that level is also the salute so See, so I guess that's kind of where I, I back off of my the love needed to be there between the father and daughter because by the time uh, McConaughey got back to Earth, 
he only saw Murph for a short amount of time. At least he could play it out. I mean, even if they saw each other for a few hours, I mean, he missed a lifetime. So, I mean... No, see, but he, he didn't. He, he was there for the lifetime. But he, he wasn't was there. The for, yes, but that's... A, I mean, come on. That's far off from being actually there. You're right. You miss graduations. You miss you miss stuff. Sure. I mean, sure. there's there's important stuff you miss. So him being there, but then the first time they see each other, she tells him to go and rescue Dr. Brand, right? Like, that's what she told him to do, and he goes and, and does it because, I mean, she's, you would presumably on her, death, on her deathbed. Um, no, that's clear because she tells him that, I mean, right. She's, she's so it does kind of get a little cloudy with the whole like love between the father and daughter there because he wasn't there no. for. See, I disagree. I still think it goes to the extreme connection because his extreme connection will transfer from the daughter to Brand, which they did kind of build up like they did. You're that right. connection. You never. It's never seen physically, like they don't kiss or whatever. Right. But it's also shown fit, like you see it, you understand that they're like. It's definitely shown at the ending where he's yeah. about to bail and and she has the breakdown where of course she realizes he's about to bail, which is also one of the tougher scenes to get through. That one was that. that one was probably my my tougher scene to get through. Quick fun fact: Tars <laughs> was not all CGI. Most of it was an actual like puppet type thing. It's a practical effect most of the time. I didn't see that. Who, who thinks TARS, when you first see it, is an actual like physical prop? Right. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But no, apparently most of it was an actual like puppeteer doing stuff. Huh. Your review on Interstellar. What do you got, PJ? Alright. Interstellar review is, dear lord, this hit me kind of hard. I still got a lot left. Okay. Um, Three. It is a solid three. It's not a soft, hard, me, whatever. It's it's a three. It's good. Cast is good. Not great. Wasn't totally blown away by all the supporting characters. I liked it though. They were good. Story is fine. Interesting. Thought provoking. Ending is acceptable. Um to my f for initial thoughts, I felt like it was supposed to blow me away. It didn't. Therefore, it's a three. Like it. Taylor, I'm going to go if you don't mind. I'm going to go, go ahead and I'm going to give it a solid three as well. Um, all your arguments, Taylor, have been very good. And, you know, I, I agree with most. I like, as I said, the. The characters, the acting I thought was very good. The visuals were obviously stunning. The direction is obviously amazing. I think maybe what I'm doing is, since we're doing this movie, what, six years removed, knowing what I know about Nolan now and his movies that have come out, and I've watched almost all of them, this may not be in the, you know, the same league as some of the ones that I've watched, so I'm maybe rating it on that, but I'm going to give it a solid three. The ending for me wasn't the greatest. There was something about the story again that was missing. I don't. I wish I could put my finger on it and give it a name. I don't know what it is, but it just didn't feel 
like the epic that I thought it was going to be when I turned it on. Cool. Uh, so I will go ahead and I will say, going to go right with right with Basil Hayden's uh, soft four from me. Um, I think this movie's worthy of a soft four. I think it was epic enough to be right there. I mean, <clears throat> we're talking the cast, the story, everything else that goes into it. I feel like I've just mentioned everything that I that I've thought about this movie. Um, I can't find a whole lot wrong with it. I can't. I think the story's right there. I think the humor's right there. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, I mean, there's just, there's, there's space time, there's time travel, there's a little bit of everything to the science fiction uh, feel of the whole movie. And no, it may not be a movie that I go right back to, but I also don't think it was meant to be the movie that you go right back to. It's not supposed to be a simple watch. Um, and it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a one watch uh, and, and sort of get a feel for it. There's so much to break down. There's so much there. Um, yeah, easy soft four for me. Uh, I'm locked in every time I watch it. For a three-hour movie, I think it... It plays easily, and for a Christopher Nolan uh, movie, totally locked in. So, no complaints from me. Solved for. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We hope you enjoyed our review of Interstellar and Basil Hayden. Please join us next time when we discuss Game Night while drinking some Bullet Rye. Until then, cheers. <laughs>